hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is an informal podcast. Uh, full disclosure, we were supposed to. This is a long pre-scheduled thing where uh, our, our triad of political misfits, uh, uh-huh. uh, myself, Andrew Heaton, hello. who you hear right now, and of course, Congressional Dishes, Jen Briney. How are you? Hello. Doing, you know, strange. <laughs> Uh, we were we were here to talk about uh, the the Georgia runoffs, what what those results would mean uh-huh. for the next two years at the very least. We were going to get very nerdy, and then America ended. <laughs> yeah, ju- Justin, I and you and I were going to do a bonus episode on the procedural mechanics of the electoral <laughs> college count. I literally spent my morning. Walking around the neighborhood, listening to constitutional norms and podcast form, coming up with like various analogies of like, you know, it's like when they when they get a pope elected, the guy that turns on the white smoke as a pope. Like I was planning all of that stuff, and man, did it go in a different direction than I thought. You, you know, I guess we can start there. Uh, the co- as long as I get Congress, to do the procedural going... mechanics, that's what I live yes, for. Exactly. That's what I really wanted to talk Eventually. about. We're going to have to starve you of such inanities uh, 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 for at least the, the next half hour at the very least. Uh, uh, yeah, both houses of Congress are going, uh, uh, and they're doing a performative version of we're not certifying the elections. Mm-hmm. But a- as if there was like a heavy metal band that was themed on satanic sacrifice, and then somebody actually murdered a baby <laughs> in the parking lot. Like... Uh, uh, there was an actual storming of the actual Congress. Full disclosure, I was on a plane coming back from Georgia. Jen, you were watching it because this is your normally your full meal, all of these congressional uh, uh, shenanigans. So, so explain to us what the hell happened. Explain to me. I still don't know. I, too, have an alibi. Please continue. So... In the more, We kind of knew that something was going to be weird because President Trump has been pushing Pence, who is presiding over this whole thing, which basically makes him like a glorified reader. He's mm-hmm. just the one announcing like this is the next state. So it wasn't. I don't He's know. He's the what, MC. He's yes. the MC of, of the <laughs> yeah. ceremonial event of counting the already voted electoral votes. Yes. Yeah. And somehow someone got it into President Trump's brain that the vice president was granted the powers to determine the election completely on his own. So that's what Trump was expecting and pushing this morning via tweet. So in every year that I've done this and even before Congressional Dish, like I've never watched these certifications because it's usually boring. It gets like nothing on the news. No one cares. It's just like that was that was that was my thing. I was like I I said on the show, I'm like, who has ever watched this? And I got two people that were like, I did in 2000. And I'm like, well, then you're more of a 2000 election nerd (laughs) than the rest of us. Yeah, it's not supposed to be a thing. And so the big kerfuffle this morning was like, there's some Republicans that are going to object And I've seen an objection, or at least I didn't see it, obviously, because who watches this? But um, in 2005, there was an objection to the Ohio electors, because I think you can remember in 2004, there were machine-switching votes and all kinds of crazy stuff that, like, Greg Palast was was all over. It was was the the, the precursor to Dominion. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Diebold. Diebold machines. Yes. Yeah. If it hadn't been for the rioting and insurrection, I was actually going to downplay the whole thing because while I am very much a stickler for constitutional norms, I was like, yeah, when I started looking into it, I was like, this is not really abnormal for a couple of congressmen 
to go to basically do some kabuki kabuki theater for their constituents because it is mm. just that it, none of it has any effect legally but but it did kind of spiral outside a bit beyond what i think they anticipated well the effect was essentially that we were going to have more hours of debate right than we should yeah. have we we're probably getting six extra hours of this when it's all said and done like okay fine they were always supposed to be done by the end of the day it was a performance it's kind of like when rand paul decides to filibuster something you know he's going to cave in the end and it was kind of that same thing where they get to say a bunch of stuff yeah. it's a performance fine whatever but at the same time that that was going on so keep in mind i have twitter on my my computer screen and i have a tv at this lovely airbnb where i was watching congress but on the twitter i noticed that trump was out in somewhere in washington dc outside giving a speech just babbling and yeah. someone had said, a few people said, it's very weird. A bunch of people, while Trump is still babbling, just left and started going towards the Capitol, like a, a large amount of people. So it's like, OK, what's going on here? And as I watched, there was some scaffolding in front of the, the Capitol. People had pushed through the fences, although there's some t TikToks now where the police just let them through. It's very confusing. But eventually they get right up to the scaffolding, right up to the stairs. The police seemed to be holding it. And then people climbed into the scaffold scaffolding. And because it was completely covered by this white tarp, you didn't realize how many people were in there until they started really tearing it down. Then you go, oh, my God, it's full of humans. How is this happening? Yeah. It's full of humans. So the police were really focused on that. And then you see on the television that on the other side of the building, that's where they got in. So there weren't a lot of cops. They were completely overrun. Obviously, the National Guard just got there. This has been going on all day, but Trump and Pence waited hours. And Trump actually, from what we know right now, Trump was not even consulted. It was Pence that ordered the National Guard. But it was pretty yeah. much just the Capitol Police this whole time. They were completely overwhelmed. And... Um, and what was interesting to watch, I mean, I was definitely concerned that we were going to have a bunch of armed MAGA people storming the Capitol and risking the lives of our senators and congressmen. I mean, that seemed like a really scary thing to me. But for the yeah. most part, they looted and took weird selfies. It was the strangest. So, yeah, that, that's that I think the, the, the images that I, while taking off from Denver, saw last was the little was the skirmish with the Capitol Police on on the first side of the building, as you are now describing to me, because I had no idea. All I knew was the beginning and the end, like <laughs> how it started, how it's going, like like the Twitter meme. It's like uh, uh, so they were fighting out front and I'm like, oh, all right. Well, you know, I, I would have assumed that at some point somebody was going to throw something through a Starbucks window or the Proud Boys and Antifa were going to start punching on each other like normally happens at yeah. th these events. This that, is that, 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 is the the that is the tradition. We can assume that as, Antifa and Proud Boys will fulfill their traditional role, yes. As <laughs> as we in the United States open our year with the traditional fight yeah. between the Proud Boys and Antifa. Uh, yeah, but, but then... Uh, yeah, I, I was I was not aware that this was a multi-pronged attack. What immediately came to mind when I saw people inside was, I'm sure, what, what you were thinking, Jen, which is some of the uh, uh, rallies that were in Michigan State House where you had open carry people that, that were armed and they did not shoot anybody, but they certainly were a bunch of burly bearded dudes with rifles hanging off their bellies uh, uh, that were like menacingly standing there to make a point. Uh, so I had no idea. All, all I knew, all I'm, I'm seeing as I'm, I'm getting through my flight, these pictures of people in, was it the House or the Senate that they were looting? Uh, 
Yeah, I think both. Before, I mean, they, I mean, they, they broke into was it both? Nancy oh. Pelosi's office at one point uh, to the speaker's office, and like, which by by the way, two reasons to wear a mask. One is the pandemic. The second one is that it's very easy to identify you as breaking into the speaker's office and now prosecute you because you took a goddamn selfie on her desk, not wearing a mask. You idiot! Of course, you're going to get arrested, as you should be. Uh, yeah, so they, they were, as I understand, well, me, it, kind yeah, of let, all let's, over. Let, let's say, let's say right now. Everybody involved in this should be arrested. Yes, yes. For the record, yes. However, it's going to be it's going to be difficult to prosecute everybody because you're you're going to be going. There's a couple thousand people. I don't know how many it was. It was quite a few. So it's going to be difficult to get everybody within, uh, you know, and actually say yes. This for sure is this person based on grainy security camera footage, right? Whereas if you're taking selfies and it's on social media and it's from your account, you're that like that one's going to be like if I were DA, that's easier for me to go after. Yes, a hundred, a hundred percent. So, all right. So, so the, Jen, they they make their way into Congress. They, uh, they are not leading an armed coup per se, but somebody is shot. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and um, you can't tell, and they're still not saying who shot her. Like they're definitely next to some kind of window. You can tell the window is broken. There's a little crowd. You hear the shot. She falls. She's um. Apparently, we just found out she died. So we've now. Have someone who's so there's died. a death, there's involved a death in this. In this. Yeah, yeah. Um, a Trump supporter. It wasn't someone that worked at the Capitol, which you can tell by her giant Trump flag. Um, so yeah, there was definitely bloodshed that do, do, happened. Do we, do we, so we we don't know details of whether that was a, a, a security a, a security staff person who shot her, or alternately if there was some kind of scuffle Mm-mm. that involved a Trump supporter or anything like that. We don't know. No, we don't know. But we do know that these people like. I've been to a lot of protests and in general, I i mean, I've been to a lot. <laughs> I used to live in Oakland. I marched with the Black Lives Matter yeah. movement. Like I've been to a lot. It's very rare for me to see protesters actually attacking the cops where this morning I was watching them spraying stuff at the cops. There were cops that were injured with things like this wasn't peaceful. And just watching the way the cops were outnumbered, um, I think that what we're, when we look back on this, because a lot of people are pointing out that there was a lot of restraint today, pointing that out in like, you know, there was Black Lives Matter protesters, which truly were peaceful yeah. and they were cleared for that weird cho- church photo op. Like the hypocrisy and the restraint shown today and the lack of restraint in the summer, that's totally legit and accurate and all of that. But what we saw today is that restraint by the police, it works because Congress, as we are speaking, is planning to go back and finish their job tonight. The, co- the Capitol was cleared. The National Guard had nothing to do with it. So these officers that were vastly outnumbered were taking selfies with these people, helping old ladies down the stairs. People are expressing anger towards that. But I'm looking at it going, they were kind to these people and ended that, that, the that, conflict. That is, that is a standard. That is a standard to be emulated, not one that we should. I mean, while certainly the hypocrisy is something to be noted and Twitter is probably the place to note it, uh, uh, that, that it necessarily shouldn't be condemned that only one person in such a fracas in such a valuable uh, a spot an international shaming incident that only one person was hurt and, and tragically killed. yeah and i'm just i'm really grateful that because we don't know how many of these people were armed in the morning there was signs that they were more armed than the average protesters so the fact that there was so little human life taken i mean i'm not diminishing that girl's life but like um yeah. I think it was 
people are really pissed at me for saying that by the way like i'm apparently offending people of color um (laughs) but i'm absolutely i think that it just shows that there's ways to deal with chaos that don't involve tear gas rubber bullets and going full psycho on american citizens no matter how stupid they may be uh yeah heaton uh, what do you think the kind of uh, a, a psychic wound is. Yeah. You are you are definitely the <laughs> the most uh, 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 respectability politics yeah, of, yeah. of the three of us. No, no. I, uh, can you explain your your thought process? I'm I'm, I'm for sure the guy pacing the hallway, looking at a bust of Edmund Burke, going, "What would he say?" Uh, yeah, that is <laughs> very much very much me in this. Um, here here's the thing. I, I've I've been saying this for a while. I did a whole episode of my program on the elections not rigged. To, to very briefly um, cover that, uh, I do not think it's rigged because the Trump campaign has found no evidence it was rigged in any court of law in the entire country. And that includes now the attorney general that stepped, that's, that's resigned slash been pushed out. It includes the, uh, the secretary of state and governor of Georgia, which are disputed by Trump. Both of those people are Republicans. Like if, if the Republican states can't find evidence of this when they're actively looking for it there's not evidence of it and and that that's just that's that's the facts on the ground there's there's nothing there's no logic you can apply to the election being rigged right now that does not also work for the evidence of bigfoot that's where we're at so yeah i i have been of the position that having the sitting president of the united states telling the people that the democracy is a sham and that the election was rigged and that the incoming president is an illegitimate president. Not a president we don't like, but illegitimate in the sense that it is fake and cheating which brought him in. That's going to have ramifications to it beyond the normal rhetoric of I don't like this person or America made the wrong choice or maybe that that candidate duped America into making the wrong choice. We've gone beyond that. And it's it's one thing if lots of people are saying it to, to to be even here. I also don't like this when Democrats do it. For example, when when Trump got in in 2016, where he was legally elected and Democrats were saying that, you know, Russia had done it and that it, the, the election was rigged, et cetera. Same criticism. However, there is a substantial difference in that the sitting president of the United States was the one doing this and not media gadflies or just, you know, one or two congressmen. Right. The effect of that is apparently self-evident now in that. If the president tells his supporters there's literally been a coup, the country has literally been taken by a conspiracy to subvert the will of the republic, there's going to be ramifications of that. And the ramifications apparently are that people that believe that launch a counter coup. They launch an insurrection to try and stop what they perceive as a a silent revolution. And that's now happening. And to, to kind of jump the shark on this, Justin, uh, I, I think we're at the point where we should we should be invoking the 25th Amendment and remove President Trump. Uh, the, the 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 25th Amendment does not require that to remove the president from office, that the president has to commit a felony and be convicted in a court of law or by Congress or the Senate. That's that's not a requirement. Merely that the president is determined to not be capable of exacting the duties and powers of his office. And I would say at this point, if the president of the United States is consistently making baseless allegations that the election was rigged and as a direct result of that the capital of the united states is being stormed during a lawful assembly of congress he is not capable of executing uh, executing those duties and powers and and should be taken out of authority mike pence should be installed as the acting president um 
I, I I think that there is well here let's let, let's let's back up yeah sorry I, about I that I, j- I jumped that the shark a bit but I was that's getting fine. animated no it's fine no 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 I think I think that that's that's where we're all all roads lead to what now anyway yeah. right so we might as well kind of get into that uh it's hard for me to look at this and see anything other than an international embarrassment a black eye for one of our two major parties and the the gutting of anything of value that was in uh, uh trump's own workers you know working class uh, uh movement you know like i'm not a uh, uh, oh, what does the world think of us? Like, is our esteem in Europe yeah, dropped my, over the last four years? I'm not going to get laid uh, on spring break when I go to Belgium now. Yeah. Yeah. In general, I don't care about that. That's that's not something America is its own yeah. creature, and we don't really care with the rest of it. It bothers me that Turkey is like, whoa, <laughs> somebody really got wasted today. Like, that's it, – it's 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 too far. And, and, and to me, if you're Donald Trump, and I'm – I'm a bit of a a political anarchist in that I think that our system does get too staid and stale and sometimes the establishment for establishment's sake is is a breeding ground for bad ideas and and uh, a disconnection from the populace but even if you're going to keep running this until the very end if you're going to keep saying that you didn't lose the election until the very end uh at a certain point, when you keep pushing your luck, sometimes you go bust. And even if I, I don't think Donald Trump is a planner in my in my campaign undertaker thing that I did on, on the politics feed, I compared him to that the, the Joker in, in Dark Knight when he's talking with Two-Face and he's like, <laughs> like, do I look like a guy with a plan? Like, I just do things like I think that that is his modus operandi. But at a certain point, you have to recognize that you do have uh, uh, this level of power and if these things happen in your name, if people with your name on their hats are storming Congress, then it's a legitimate problem. Yeah, it, it is something for it, which, it, like, I, I think you need to put your you are responsible for putting a Band-Aid on this. And, and his statement was woefully, yes. woefully uh, 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 not what it should have been. It, and, and on top of that, if you follow the chronology of this, and I, I don't have an exact timeline here. But the, the point at which my jaw hit the floor, uh, and I'm, I'm watching, I'm going back and forth between CNN and Fox to see who has the most gre- uh, egregious B-roll, and I'm watching this, um, I'm looking, like, I'm looking at, at Trump's Twitter feed to see what he's going to do. And he does eventually say, uh, back the blue, be peaceful, be nonviolent. And that's good. He should have said that. That was a good thing to say. But what baffled me was it took him an hour or two before he went, leave the Capitol, which is what should have immediately been said. The point at which they're breaking windows, coming in there and somebody's been shot, that is the point at which you go, everybody evacuate the Capitol. Like, regardless of whether or not you think the protest yeah. side of it's okay, this has gone out of hand, everybody go home. And that didn't happen. It Like, it was, like, Biden had, like, a whole press conference before Trump eventually said that. And I, I, find, I found that baffling. I, I honestly didn't, even if I were a Trump guy that, that agreed with him, I didn't understand why he wouldn't just say everybody go home and that that took a while to get to and then when he did the actual uh you know uh everybody um uh it's time to be peaceful and go home which he did eventually do i think after the smoke had cleared he prefaced the whole thing by saying one you know it was rigged you're completely correct in that regard but two i won on a landslide 
which is the other like even if he even this if he is lost, this is his this is literally his stump speech. I mean, I I I I had, I had to fly across the country and sit in a stupid airfield in, in in the middle of the night in Georgia so I could hear him say the exact same thing. Yeah, uh, 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 Jen, what, what what's what's your take on this? I mean, how many more examples do we need of this man showing us that he wants to do whatever he can to overturn this election? So, I mean, he was out there at that rally. He he didn't exactly say storm the Capitol, but he said, we're going to march to the Capitol. I'm coming with you. Um, he's encouraged this the whole day. So the fact that he sat back and let it happen, I mean, yeah, for a president of the United States, this is completely unprecedented, unprecedented and inappropriate and all the words you have for wrong. But this is who he is and what he does, which I think just bolsters Andrew's argument that the next thing we have to do, even though there's only 14 days left, is remove this man from office. I don't know if this Congress is going to have the cojones to do that. I think we're going to find out a lot this evening when they come back into their now COVID infested chambers to mm. to do the certification. But the Constitution says it has to be today. So I don't know. But um, it'll be really interesting to see do the Republican senators that were going to object because they objected to Arizona. So they had split to do the debates yeah. when all this went down. So they're stuck on Arizona and they're stuck in the middle of those debates. So we have to finish those debates. They were planning to object to Georgia and Pennsylvania. If those objections don't happen, then that might be an indication that the Republicans are finally going like, OK, enough of the Trump. But if they go in there and they just immediately jump back into where they were, I think we have 14 very ugly days ahead of us. And I don't know what Inauguration Day is going to look like. Mm. But um, which, which like is you said, he... Pardon, sorry. That that is a disturbing thought. Is Inauguration Day? I mean, if 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 Trump and there's no reason to think it's any point he's going to concede this, I could see some really ugly stuff happening similarly on Inauguration Day, and I, I hope yeah. that uh, Biden and his team are taking every single security precaution necessary. Well, there's not really going to be an, a, a, a a traditional inauguration mm -hmm. day like that. That yeah, right. was already decided the parade was already canceled. Is, right, okay. Yeah, but there's yeah, already there's not going to be a lot of happening. Yeah. There's I, already I, comparisons being made to the reaction in 2016 when Trump became president. And I took so much heat because I didn't like the Women's March. I was furious that there were people in this country that were protesting an inauguration because it happened the day after. But those comparisons are just not apt to what we're going through now because it was a protest, first of all, the day after. They did nothing to try and stop the actual mechanisms of government. And that's where this crossed a line for me from being a protest yeah. to an actual like attempted coup. I know that that's a very strong thing to say, but they were trying to stop the certification of the electors. And I do have concerns that they are clearly extreme enough to try and stop the actual inauguration. And that's where the line is drawn for me this isn't a protest anymore this is actually trying to stop things from moving forward i think there's a I, decent yeah. chance that the republicans are going to backpedal as i'm as i'm jumping back and forth between cnn and, and and fox the republican congressmen that they're wheeling out to talk over the phone are all doing a they're, they're all very serious now they all sobered up uh and matured now granted these are ones that fox has picked for whatever purpose so it, i don't know how emblematic it is of the well, entire let's, caucus let's let 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 let's be specific when we talk about this because uh uh there was even before all this went down 
a bit of a split in, y- well, in the Republican there's a, there's a, uh, a congressional. There's a tripartite split, which I think is worth pointing out. Right. Okay. So, so there's group one is Republicans that are like, I also was in favor of Trump. He lost. I'm certifying the results. That would include, for example, so like Ben Sass, Ben Sass or Jim Inhofe. Yeah. Uh, to like, me. Yeah. Inhofe, who's an incredibly conservative guy, voted to do it. Right. Um, group two is the people that are saying it's a flat out conspiracy this has been rigged we are trying to save the republic group three which is most of the people so that would be that would be that would be so so that is josh hawley ted cruz louis uh, gomert people that yeah louis gomert uh, that that were were on the record as saying that they were going to object to well this. but see group, group three this is where where i think it's where you're going to see a lot of weasel words in the next few days group three is um we have to restore confidence in the election that's why uh, I am I am refusing to certify this until we have a commission do it, uh, and I've I've followed some of these senators and congressmen that are saying this type of thing, and they're, they're from what I can glean, they know the election wasn't rigged. They're never claiming the election was rigged, but they also know that their constituencies are very Trumpy and conservative. So, for example, uh, uh, James Lankford, senator from Oklahoma, had been one of the mature, responsible Republicans in the room after the election went down, where he's saying, look, I wasn't in favor of this either, but we have to start giving intelligence reports to the incoming Biden administration, blah, 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 right? And then the, the, the conservative base in Oklahoma rallied forth to let him know that it was, of course, this horrible coup that took place. And so now what he's saying is, um, you know, I believe in the the sanctity of American elections, and therefore we really must commit to ensuring that they're correct. So not going so far as to say that the election was rigged, but also not giving it a pass. And and I think you're going to see a lot of guys pull back into that, that section of, uh, I was just in favor of of making sure that everything's, you know, right and all, all uh, T's are crossed and that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, when, when, when Josh Hawley is waving to the same group that eventually stormed the White House and there was a picture of him going around of, of like him waving like to that crowd, uh, thinking as that picture is being taken, Oh, look at this. I'll bet you this will be my avatar running in in 24. Look, the man who thought it was electoral. Doesn't doesn't look so good now, now does it? He thought it was electoral kabuki theater because this is what the bulk of the Republicans doing it. The bulk of the Republicans doing this were making a political calculation that they they know that their their base is going to require them to make a fuss. They know it's not going to do anything because it can't do anything. Constitutionally and legally, like just very quickly to break everybody down here, there's three sections to this process. There's the vote itself where we, the American people, are actually selecting our electors. That's what happens in a presidential election. You're not voting for president. You're voting for an elector. But as a shorthand, we say you're voting for the president. The states certify them. That's the actual vote. That's that's the moment where the electors cast their votes for presidents. What's happening now is if effectively, from, from a constitutional perspective, the, the, the electors had to ride their horses to D.C. and be counted. But the votes had already been cast. So that's already yeah. done. The, 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 it's, it's a fait accompli. It's, it's done. Right. So so that's happened. So the, the, the guys in Congress know this. They know that there's nothing that they can do at this point other than histrionics or performative things in order to satiate their base or to satiate Donald Trump, which is why you would have seen a bunch of floor speeches. And as Jen points out, you would have you would have had a drawn out debate about Arizona and Georgia. If Pence really wanted to, he could have tried some sort of weird procedural stuff like he could have tried to admit a like 
pretender alternate delegation from Georgia or something like that. It wouldn't have worked. It, it would have fallen flat, but like you could have had some things with it. But those guys, the, the people who knew better but decided that they were going to go ahead and play in this now, are now realizing that they're also lumped in with the people that just stormed the capital of the United States, broke windows, trespassed in the Speaker's office, and in the process of this, this riot got somebody shot. And they're all lumped in with that now. Oh boy, <laughs> boy, like, boy, boy, boy! I mean, yeah. And then uh, uh, the last thing that I saw from the floor before my flight took off was Mitch McConnell, soon to be Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. Which it's insane that we haven't even touched on <laughs> what would otherwise be the political shock of this early year. Yeah, I, I feel better uh, about not researching Georgia now. Please continue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, he gives a a stirring, as far as, you know, uh, Mitch McConnell goes, a stirring speech about, you know, we need to adhere to our norms and, and, and we shouldn't play with a loaded gun when it comes to pretending to not certify the election, even if we don't like the results. Uh, uh, and then and then this happens. Well, and the like, timing is, of I, that I, was really fascinating, too, because just like you said, Mitch McConnell said that first and the timing really yeah. matters. Like. There's no, from what I understand, Andrew, you can probably confirm, but on the Senate floor, they're not allowed to have electronics. So the senators were up there just yapping away pretty, it was, you know, standard boring debate as far as their mannerisms were concerned, because they had no idea any of this was going on until they mm -hmm. swooped in and took out Pence. So Mitch McConnell said this, having no idea that the Capitol was being stormed. And I think that timing's really important because even before things got real, Mitch McConnell wasn't on board and especially the senators, they do whatever Mitch McConnell wants. So I just think that's, it's so important, um, especially well, after he lost hear. his majority They didn't check. hear, though, because that, that I think, if we're going to look at this going forward and, and understand wherever this Republican Party goes, because I think that not only the Republican Party, but I think politics in general are at a very interesting touching point. Like, we do not know where things are going to go from here and where things will settle. But if you're just looking at the Republican side, you now have Mitch McConnell, who who apparently exerted as much force as he could behind the scenes to say, do not pull this mm -hmm. election certification stunt. Uh, didn't matter for Hawley. Didn't matter for Cruz, who was apparently jealous that Hawley was getting attention. So Cruz needed to get a bigger uh, slate of attention. And so he made a bigger stink about it. Uh, didn't matter for <clears throat> Leffler, who announced that she was going to object to it uh, at the rally that I was at in Dalton, Georgia. Uh, and and. Mitch McConnell shows, all right, I was serious. You shouldn't do this. And now this is here. And it is a massive embarrassment. I don't know where the fault lines even are right now. Do, 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 do the, does the GOP just crawl? I mean, all apologies to Mitch McConnell into its shell and just try to figure it out. Uh, uh, what, what's going on past now? I think we I, won't know until yeah. they start talking again on the, on the floor tonight. I think we're just in one of those situations where no matter how experienced we think we are in Congress watching, like we just don't yeah. know. And that's the most unsatisfying thing in the world to say, but we don't know. Can, can I ask, I want to follow up on this because I've not been following 
Donald Trump, or excuse me, I've not been following Ted Cruz or Josh Hawley. I've heard their names bandied about quite a lot today. Um, I've, I've read uh, the, the op-ed from James Lankford. Or from, from Lankford. I, I've watched an interview with Marsha Blackburn from Tennessee. Marsha Blackburn from Tennessee, likewise, was also saying the lines about we're making a, a congressional inquest into the legitimacy of the election, et cetera, and so forth. She wasn't claiming it was rigged, at least in that interview. I'm curious, are, are Hawley and Cruz saying it is rigged and a coup or are they are they in that camp no. of no. like we, we just want to no. make sure it's all good so no one's actually none of these senators are actually no, going that far no 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 senator is saying that it is rigged nobody is going as far as the president of the so, United so yeah what, what i what i see that is i i see them as they're trying to they're basically trying to match the facts of the democrats with the emotional timbre of the republican base of like i be, i believe in democracy yeah. and i don't care who says it and like but they're not act, yeah okay there, no, there's going to be there is a split before this. I think this really, really, really drives a wedge, uh, if not erases the split. But uh, there was a split going into today because everything is about the future elections uh, where. All right. So where is the future of the Republican Party? Is it where kind of the where Jeb Bush, but we want to think more about working class people and we're going to focus that you're going to there's going to be more pictures of us in work boots uh, uh, or is it Trump but competent like is it full blown MAGA conspiracy theory like you want to know what it seems true so it probably is uh, uh, you know that but actually have somebody who thinks about two moves ahead as opposed to Trump who is who's very reactive uh, now I don't know where you are, because on one hand, the people that didn't go along with the ride sure as hell look a lot better than the people that were just saying, hey, we need to uh, really think about this election and then have, uh, you know, the the, the, you know, have a a dive bar from Dearborn, Michigan, roll in and start stealing all the pens. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I I think that there's a lot of Republicans right now that 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 are in Congress who are having to sincerely analyze quite where they want to stand in this. I, I I don't think that there's been nearly as much love for Trump in Congress and the Senate as is often portrayed. I think a lot of the people in there don't like him. Um, not everybody uh, of the Republicans, but I think a lot of them don't like him but would rather be on his good side than his bad side. Um, there was a case for a while of it's better to be a responsible member of the administration who's trying to guide it in a, a mature direction um, and, and thereby accept the odious association with Trump, that's going to be a lot harder to maintain at this point of uh, uh, like, I, well, I don't like him either, but I, I want to have a firm hand on, on the steering wheel of the state. Um, and so a lot of these guys that um, didn't like Trump from the beginning, didn't support him in the primaries and then kind of knuckled under and would just figure out creative ways to say, I don't really agree with him, but dot, 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 dot. Uh, those guys are now, I think, going to be looking at the horizon going, the president's about to leave and we just had the Capitol stormed. Where do I want to be on the side of this? And it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. For sure. Uh, uh, Jen, so so you, you are for the 25th Amendment idea. Um, either that or impeachment. I would prefer it be impeachment just because it would mean Congress standing up to this as a body. Um, but if it has to be 25th Aman- Amendment, fine. I just really don't want to see a repeat of what we saw tonight on inauguration day. But then I think about inauguration day. And at the end of all of this, I know that at noon Eastern on January 20th, his term's over. So, I mean, basically if they want Nancy Pelosi to be president, keep this up. 
but I just know that the system is set up to end this for us no matter how much psycho stuff happens in the streets. I just feel like Congress has the ability right now to literally save lives and property by getting this guy out of the transition position because like he's not administering the transition it's part of his job right now and he's just not doing it so it's I would like to see that happen but at this point I'm just kind of holding my breath until January 20th because Congress has been so ineffective at holding this administration accountable straight I mean just look at the last impeachment it was the big fake show they didn't actually try to remove him from office so to to think that this same group of people because we really didn't fire that many of them essentially the same group of people is now all of a sudden in the next 14 days going to do something dramatic like i'm just not getting my hopes up even though that's well, what i want I mean, also I, I don't the only thing i would object to in what you said is the idea that we could save lives and property because the people that went out and did that, he is going to be their president, whether or not Congress impeaches them, whether or not there's a 25th Amendment, whether he's in Mar-a-Lago or in Trump International across the street at the old post office in D.C., like he's going to be a guy that they are going to fight for and take orders from. So to me, yes, while I do think that there are grounds for uh, uh, some kind of punishment, if not all the way up to removal, I don't know what it does, and I don't know. I think the the what troubles me about what happened today, because I am a bottom up society guy. I think that that our leaders are products of things that are happening in our world, as opposed to our world being products of our leadership. <clears throat> it it to me was just very troubling that that's. I mean, even if this was just a prank, bro, and everybody just wanted to go in there and take selfies on Nancy Pelosi's desk that it led to a woman getting killed. It led to a, a visuals for which I have never seen in my 37 years on earth or uh, yeah, soon to be 38 years on earth. Like this is, this is horrifying. Like this is, this is, this is uh, to me it illustrates a disconnect that we have societally that I, I don't know where we go. And part of this is because, you know, I was just in Georgia where everything's open. I'm back in Oakland now. Everything's closed. I had to eat my Chinese chicken salad outside. Like, you know, I, I could I could go and sit down at a Waffle House and eat eat in there. There, to me, is a a, a very weird thing that we're coming out of with this, uh, and hopefully at some point we come out of with this disease, but I think is exacerbating problems that were underlying, where, like, there's going to be parts of the country, largely on party lines, for which life didn't really change all that much. And they're going to be compared to parts of the country where life very much changed. Like we're, we're, we're in kind of divergent societal paths. And if part of that, an outgrowth, an extreme outgrowth of that is people saying, oh, I'm going to storm Congress to, to stop this, this certification. That's insanely troubling to me. And, and I don't know if it goes away, if we punish somebody that is a figurehead for it. Yeah, and to play devil's advocate with myself and join you in that, there is also yeah. the idea that if we impeach the guy and they're yelling coup, <laughs> we remove him from office. We're, I mean... We're, we're, another thing, too, like I, whenever, uh, whenever we want to really be bold in legislative action, we do need to keep in mind that there are unintended consequences and there are long-term ramifications. So if, if uh, Trump were removed, either through the 25th, where incidentally he would remain president, but he would be neutered, 
uh, Trump would become the, or, I'm sorry, Pence would become the active president under the 25th. Trump would not cease being the 45th president. Um, uh, were we to do that, then that does become more likely to be used in the future for political reasons, which may or yeah. may not be germane, which is something very much to consider here. Um, like, I, I've kind of... Before all of this, I've kind of been of the opinion that we should be a little bit more uh, loose with impeachment in general. Um, like, I also would have moved to impeach Obama, for the record, because he uh, went into Libya without approval from Congress, which is a violation of the Constitution. So, like, there are several people that I would have impeached, and I actually think we should make it more of a matter of course. However, there is the potentiality that that will become a political tool as opposed to a last resort. Um from from a broad historical perspective, though, I will say from at least from the perspective of pub quizzes, it would be pretty cool if the Senate uh, voted to impeach and remove Trump. That way, Pence becomes the Fortnite president, and like a hundred years from now, people are like Mike Pence. He was president for eight days or something like that. I think that, that would be kind of fun. Wait, would that would that screw up all of Biden's merch? Yep. Would he have to if, if so he has forty seven to... in it, yeah, or forty six in it? Then yeah. Yeah, he'd have to. Oh, oh and, and then it would he'd become have... collectible. It'd be great. Like I like, it, it would have been cool oh, if Obama yeah. Obama resigned a day before January twentieth of twenty seventeen, and and, uh, and Biden had become president for a day. That would have been fun. We could um, consider it a stimulation of the economy, having to reprint reprint all of the shirts and the buttons and, exactly. and all of it. Yeah, um, I, I I will say I think part of part of the the fuel and animosity that that's going into all of this. So. Um, I have been very hard on Trump, and I'm very hard on everybody that showed up to that storming of the Bastille kind of thing that just happened, right? That said, though, um, while while I am very... Um, I, I believe people should be prosecuted insofar as we can find them that we're, we're at violation for this. Um, for people that voted for Trump in this election in general, whom I strongly disagree with, we're still citizens. we got to figure out a way to get along with each other. I think a lot of the reason that we're seeing such intense passions in regard to all of this is that we've switched to this political model where the point of politics is to stop the evil team at all costs. The point of politics is no longer to actually establish policy to fix solutions. And we, we're going to have to get back to that point where we look at people as opposition rather than enemies and as people with uh, worse methodologies as opposed to existential threats. Because the more we are, are trapped in that mindset of, you know, sort of Cold War, Civil War percolating beneath the surface, the more we're going to see this kind of thing. Because we're not going to be okay with a peaceful transfer of power for an existential enemy to sit on the Iron Throne. We've got to figure out a way to back away from that. And looking at what people did today, I mean, imagine you're someone who doesn't pay a lot of attention to the news. You see the president of the United States who you voted for, who you trust, who you have heard is the savior on your radio and on your television screen for four years. He's telling you that the election was rigged every single day. And even myself, knowing that there's no evidence and paying attention as close as I do, I do have these moments of like, can there really be nothing to it? If he's going this far, like maybe we should look into it. So even if I'm even having these moments, imagine you're someone who doesn't pay attention very closely and you think that the election was just stolen. Like imagine what you would do if there was legitimacy behind the claims. Like there is something I'm, I obviously don't support anything that happened today, but there is something about it where if the claims were true and they were trying to actually save our system of government from people that were stealing it like just the fact that we've allowed the lies to get this far um 
I think, I think a lot of this has just been tolerated by those that know better for so long. And yes. that's what brought us here too. I mean, I just remember in the W Bush years at a certain point, I just decided I was going to stop fighting, you know, and I've dismissed a lot of people that are just, they're super partisan. And I'm just like, okay, I'm just not going to talk to you about this type of stuff because yeah. why waste my brain cells? But now we're seeing that what they did is they all gathered in a group and we're having real world consequences now to all of that. And I think Andrew's absolutely right. I think we can control this by re-engaging in a friendly way with the people in our lives that we've kind of pushed aside into the wingbat category. And I think this is something that's going to happen at kitchen tables and we have to become Americans again and not be split between red and blue. Yeah, and I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll add look, to that. Look, I, I, yeah. Oh, go ahead, Justin. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. So go ahead, it, go ahead. Yeah, if, if I can give more of my, my sermon, um, I, I think that a significant problem in all of this is the fact that Americans suck at arguing right now. It seems like we're good at arguing, but we suck at arguing. Arguing is the ability to, to contrast... Con- you want to debate? Yeah. You want to debate, bro? Exactly. Debate me. <laughs> debate me. Be- because, I can yell louder. What, I'm yeah, a good what, debater. What, what, what arguing? I can read off Wikipedia faster. <laughs> our, our arguing is turned into shouting at each other in all caps on Twitter, or alternately, um, I am gonna, I'm going to express my opinion to you, and you now have to agree with it, or maybe we can figure out a way to say, well, we basically agree the same thing. We're using different words, but if we can't do that, we can't be friends anymore. I'm I'm not capable of uh, being friends with you if I think you're an error, and that like I don't like arguing with people anymore. I can do that because I'm an adult who's not emotionally incontinent, and I've also got debate training skills, so I can I can engage with somebody and go, I think you're dead wrong, but I can get a beer with you. People have really lost that ability to where it's just, no, you have to agree with me or we're done here, and that's a problematic thing. People need to get better at communication. They need to get better at arguing. Well, Maybe debating. I wonder if debating, I, I, thank I, I, you. I, yeah. I, I wonder if moments like this are part of it. I wonder if moments where we look at like, okay, well, what's the logical endpoint? Like, oh, cry lib or oh, you're a Nazi. Like that is words until you see something that's really ugly that we can all look at and be like, oh, I don't want to live in that country. Like I, I we were charging onto this credit card and, and, and figure it eventually we'd pay it down. But I don't know if we want that kind of cultural debt on on our on our permanent record. The one thing I'll say to you, Jen, about uh, uh, voter fraud, voter fraud claims in this country are rife constantly. It was the reason why I, I did the, the, the history series on the 1960 election, because it was a massive it, it is a voter fraud claim for which to, that, that lives today. And it's colorful and, and uh, weird, and, and it has some underpinnings that uh, and suspicions that things might have actually happened. That being said, there has to be, at some point, an understanding that the rules are the rules. And either you catch people doing something, or and then you build rules to try to prevent people from doing it going forward, or you lost. And there's no, to me, I I have no problem if Donald Trump said today, I concede the election, I still think I was jobbed, I'm running in 2024. If that's the case, then at least you're you're, you're re-racking and you're you're moving that tension forward. You are are saying something. Richard Nixon, until the day he died, believed that he he did not actually lose that 1960 election. He didn't challenge it himself. He had a lot of his friends in the House do it. But he didn't challenge it himself. Uh Uh-huh. Because he believed America's reputation abroad, and this is during the Cold War, when they were warring for the hearts and minds of countries in Africa, developing nations in Africa and Latin America, 
that it would be a bad message to send to those when deciding new new countries as they were deciding between communism and democracy to go with uh, a democracy because this was messy. This is the bad part about democracy is that sometimes people get hurt feelings. There was also a, a, le um, a legal mechanism that was at work in the 1960 election, which was that if it turns out you, your vote was wrong after December 14th, when the electoral votes are cast, it doesn't matter. So Hawaii is an example yeah. of this. In 1960, uh, Hawaii, I believe, voted for Kennedy. Um, they they uh, it, it had their electors. The governor of Hawaii certifies those votes. And then afterwards... They determined that actually they they goofed and they had either miscalculated or there'd been voter fraud or something. And the law was, nope, sorry. Like it, it, it would be akin to if anybody listening, if, if in your home state, two years into your governor's term, they found out that a bunch of votes had not been tabulated. It's like it's too late. Yeah. It's too late. Right. So that's that was that's already baked into the process. And it's actually a good one because it ensures that there is a stable transition of power, even if there is some flub around the edges occasionally. Obviously, we don't want to do that. To, to go back a bit, uh, 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 Justin, to your point about voter fraud, that is something that, that I, I think is disconcerting, and it is something that's worth looking into. Republicans do have a point with that. Um, I did an episode on my show in October with John Fund from National Review, um, and one of the one of the big points he brought up that I thought was very germane was we, we tend to infer lack of voter fraud in, in the country based on lack of prosecutions. But that's a backwards way of looking at it, because if you're not actively looking for people to prosecute, then it, yeah. you can't you can't retroactively infer that there are no actual voter frauds. Right. So that's how the logic works. And that's a, a, that to me is a red flag that we should be looking at. However, in the case of the 2020 election. We have had extensive investigations into this on a state-by-state -state level, and nobody's found any evidence of voter fraud, including Republicans and including the judges that were appointed by Trump. So in, in this instance, though, you can feel very comfortable that this wasn't rigged. But big yeah, picture, I mean, look, like, uh, sorry. And, and, and he does not have enough to do it. Like, so argue with this, with the Raffensperger in, in Georgia, argue with, with uh, the people in, in, in Pennsylvania and Arizona and Nevada and Wisconsin and Michigan. You would need all of them or at least the majority of them to flip this election. This is beyond the train has left the station like that's it's it. It's over. Good day, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think a you lot of lose. this, it boils down to Trump being a lunatic. But if you look like big picture, what you said, Justin, like when you're like the rules of the rules, right? I think one of the problems we have is that the rules are pretty unclear because we have this patchwork of systems and every state gets to yeah. choose. And a lot of those were switched mid COVID here. And that's one of the arguments yes. that the Trump people yes. are making that there was a way that the rules were supposed to be switched. I don't know if it's true or not that they didn't follow those rules. I haven't looked into it that closely. I figured the courts would do it. But the point is that everybody knows that the rules were changed because even here in California, where I think we all voted this time, we know that I just yeah. got a mail-in ballot this year. Even if I didn't, like all registered voters just got one. And I don't know how that rule happened, but I know it was different. And this happened all over the country. We also have a lot of times where we were concerned about what was going on. Like we mentioned it in this podcast, the Diebold machines. And so when yeah. I hear all these Trumpers being like Dominion machines, it's like, well, I remember when I was concerned about the Diebolds. So until we have some kind of, you know, I've said this so many times on my show, but I don't care if for local mayor you want to vote by, you know, whichever chicken crosses the road the first time. <laughs> I don't give a damn. But on national elections, those affect us all. Who you vote for Congress and who gets into the office as president. We can't just let any old 
state and locality choose everything about how it works. I feel like we need minimum standards. And here's the one standard I want. Paper ballots hand counted. Because that's the other thing. Every time that they're certifying these elections, they'll be like, oh, well, you know, Trump is crazy for asking for this recount because instead of him being like, you know, uh, Biden being up by six votes, he's now up by 97 votes. And I look at that and I'm like, well, the count was still wrong. So if our election system is correct, then it should be, this is the count, the end. And state after state, that's not happening. So I'm looking at this, and this is something that hit my radar in the George W. Bush years when I started paying attention to this. We have a big problem with our election administration in this country. And maybe now (laughs) that this is getting so crazy, because the the um, HR1 has been reintroduced in the 117th Congress already, and there were some decent solutions in there, including paper ballots being yeah. required. I think that is just like the number one step so that you can take the stack and hand it to one old lady in the Democratic Party and another old lady in the Republican Party and say, what number did you find? Um, until we have it that basic, I think we're going to keep having these problems because we don't know what the rules are. I, I I agree. I think that that there needs to be a some level of standardization if we are at this point and you have 70 percent of a, a major party thinking that there was a, a rigging. Right. Or at least according to some of the polls that have already been out there. The the other side of that to me is, you know, if you are going, I was on the record as saying I, I didn't like the idea that we were expanding mail-in ballots that fast. I think that the states that do mail-in ballots, like uh, Seattle or sorry Washington, like they've done it over years, over a series of election. They built up a system. They can do it fast. They can do it efficiently. The idea that a bunch of very large states were spitting it up super super quickly, I think, was a recipe for a problem. But guess what? Not to go back to. My, my Willy Wonka rant, but it's like the time to complain about that was when they did it, was when they first made those decisions. That's when you raise a stink. That's when you draw a line in the sand. That's when you say that this is absolutely out of bounds and we cannot support this and you use all of your political capital to keep it off the table. You don't just let it ride and then after everything say, well, you know, they did change their rules. It's like, yeah. well, no, you're just throwing... Well, and, 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 the, and, and the, the, the point that you could have legally done that would have been prior to 14 December, at which point the electoral votes were cast. Yeah. After that, the electoral horses are riding to Congress to be counted, but they've already been cast. Uh, and and there's you're, you're beyond the pale of the law in altering that outcome shy of a constitutional amendment. Which I guess is another thing that's so ridiculous about this. Because if you were going to storm the Capitol, that's the day, dum-dums. Like, we know so little... <laughs> about how our country works i like how this this is such a through the looking glass podcast that now we're just stage managing the curve yeah no (laughs) if you were gonna do it you should have done it at the state capitol before december 14th that's when the way to do it hey idiots if you really want to subvert the election this is how you do it (laughs) we also know how to break into the capitol now so we learned some things yeah i mean that's that's probably somebody somebody's gonna need to that, the, uh, can, uh, can I say uh, that, that, that Otis guarding that, the back that footage needs to get was a, so up. that footage was so weird for me because I used to work in that building like like it was like I have friends that work there and it was just like I like it is, is a, is a, a lighter note uh, my favorite tweet of the entire day was from I think hard times and it just had a picture of a guy 
like like just a standard guy pointing to stuff with like melee in the background and it said congressional tour guide needs silence to explain the importance of stairs it's <laughs> 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 like i i can't picture trying to do it. damn it it's my job i'm gonna do this <laughs> oh man all right well i think we this was cathartic. I, I'm very mm -hmm. happy that we did this because I, I, I feel I feel better about uh, uh, at least uh, the other opinions of, of, of good and sane people that we were able to have this discussion. Any any final parting thoughts, Jen? There's no one else that I would have rather experienced this coup with than you guys. So thank you for having Aww. me. <laughs> Heaton? Uh, I think I got all my procedural stuff out. Um, can I can I drop a couple of other historical factoids before I leave just to get it out of my system? Sure, sure. Okay. Unless you want to save it for another thing. No, no, no. Just very, that. very quickly, so everybody Let's has this go. here. All right. Uh, if, if you want to look into further stuff, the election of 1876 uh, with or 1875 between uh, Rutherford B. Hayes and I think it's. Oh gosh, it's like Stitzel or something. He lost, right? But that's kind of the big, the big thing that, that has happened in the past with this. Also, a couple of people I've heard commenters uh, on uh, on on various cable news programs saying that this is the the first armed insurrection that's occurred in the United States Capitol since the British took it in uh, eighteen. 14, or excuse me, uh, yeah, 1814. Uh, that, that's not true. Actually, in 1954, Puerto Rican nationalists came into the capital and managed to shoot a couple of security guards uh, uh, before they were able to do it. So there have been, I don't mean to downplay the significance of what happened today, but there have been yeah. instances in the past of, of armed attacks on the capital. Uh, and uh, this is um, actually not the most deadly, uh, although it is certainly the largest in terms of body count. Look at that. Some musty factoids palmed into your hand by the the kindly grandfather of this <laughs> podcast andrew heaton like 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 so many werther's originals that you can take uh, and and let collect the dust in your pocket okay so if, if i can leave just a final word on this though um because uh, because i i don't know whether this will be on all three of our podcasts or how this is going to shake out so for anybody listening um i've got my own opinions i feel very strongly about them i hope you do as well uh I, I am not so emphatic that you come along to my position. What I want you to do is be a responsible, mature, intelligent, and loving version of whatever you are, because we need that right now. We need good and smart people in all of the camps of our country politically to come together and fix problems and figure out how to live in peace and harmony. And I hope we do just that. Agreed. Well said. Well said. And that's how we'll end it. Uh, Jim Briney, Congressional Dish Podcast. Uh, Andrew Heaton, The Political Orphanage, and, and myself, Justin Robert Young, with Politics, Politics, Politics. We will see you next coup. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so I'll see everybody That's same so time good. next week. <laughs> yeah.